ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want, to re- we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. By telegraph... Or carrier pit nose. <laughs> uh, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us, at sfdiocese, and use the hashtag ignition. That that great baritone bass laugh that, laugh that you heard was from Father Tyler Matson, who's my guest on Ignition today. Hi, Father. Hello, Chris. Great to be here. Glad to have you. If in case nobody's ever heard of Father Tyler Matson before, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Father Tyler Madsen. I am a priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls and from Sioux Falls, South Dakota originally. Currently, I serve as the associate pastor at Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Sioux Falls, as well as the chaplain of O'Gorman Junior High in Sioux Falls. Great. Um, you said you're originally from Sioux Falls. That's correct. You're... <laughs> this is... Not technical language. You're priesting in Sioux Falls right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were born and raised here. Born and what, raised what's here, it yeah. like to be a priest in your hometown? You know, for the for the most part, it's pretty cool. Especially my family's still here, so I get to see my family pretty easily and fairly often. Where where it's a little weird is when I would start meeting parishioners, and they would say, "Hey, yo, you went to a Gorman, right?" And I'd say, "Yeah," and they say, "Oh, my my son or daughter was in your class, you know." And then they, "All right, see you later, Father." And it's yeah. like, well, uh, <laughs> That seems kind of weird to me, yeah. but I guess, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, where'd you study for, for your seminary formation? So I went to St. John Vianney College Seminary, and then I went to the St. Paul Seminary. Uh, both of those are in St. Paul, Minnesota, on the campus of the University of St. Thomas. Okay. So it was at... Um, it, in actually last week's episode of Ignition, you were you were here and we were visiting about reading St. Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like a daunting prospect to many Catholics, but you spoke beautifully about how it was, actually was a, a transforming event in your own life and, mm-hmm. and something that you encourage average Catholics to do. That was an experience. That first encounter came at St. Paul Seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I want to talk about another encounter that you had, mm-hmm. um, talking about one of the movements in the church that, that has really... Um, shaped your life, I think it would be a, a fair way to say it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into that, before we disclose what movement it is, <laughs> people might be here listening like, movement, like that's when you go from here to <laughs> yeah, there, exactly. right? So, so well, some Catholics may have heard different movements within, yeah. the, within the church. Um, what Before we explain what a movement is, why don't mm-hmm. we give some examples uh, yeah. that might be familiar to some Catholics in at least our diocese here, the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Eastern South Dakota. So mm-hmm. I think of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal yes. has been around for a while. That'd be a movement. And right? probably yeah, probably the best known yeah. in America yeah. would be the Renewal. Um, but also, I, I don't know, Curcio, Koinonia, are they considered yeah. movement, retreat I think they movements? Would be, yeah. 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 Um, it's some, some people in different parts of our diocese may have heard of the movement Communion and Liberation. Mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, another movement. Uh, at what other movements come to your mind just in general father yeah so you know also ones that are that are uh in the united states uh the neocatechumenal way sure 
is uh, not in South Dakota, but it's certainly in Minnesota and around here. Uh, the, the 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 San Angidio community is very large. Uh, not not probably not so much in the United States, um, but but around there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Emmanuel community. Yeah. Is another very yeah. and that they also have. Um, it's just in in Sioux Falls. There are some people who are part of Emmanuel community, yep. but also in Minnesota. Yep. Focalare is another movement in the church. Focalare, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Opus Dei, I don't think technically is a movement. It's got a slightly different designation within the church, but it's yeah, it gets lumped in with movements oftentimes. Right, because there's part of part of what distinguishes the movements typically is this sort of emphasis on the laity. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And where Opus Dei is more of a uh, uh, clerical mm-hmm. um, organization, if you will, within the church, kind of like an order. Um, so those are some examples. Maybe you've heard some of those. But when 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 you talk to people about Father about movements, how do you usually explain what a movement is? You just touched yeah. on it a little bit. Yeah, sure. You know, it's I, I I try to kind of focus it on this idea of charism that at certain times in the church's history, the Lord gives certain individuals charisms or, or gifts. And those so charism is means gift. It means gift. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A particular charism, a particular gift. You you see this really clearly in somebody like Saint Benedict, who's given this charism and starts this order. Somebody like Saint Francis. So you know the, the founders of the great religious orders received these charisms, and they were bigger than themselves. Other people were attracted to this charism, and it spread. The the movements or the the, the new movements, sometimes they're called uh, lay lay ecclesial movements. Yep. Same dynamic, but it's just a much more modern reality. So typically most of the movements are within the last 100 years, uh, and some of them even even sooner than that. But same same reality. <coughs> the Lord gave a charism to individuals, and, and those and those individuals um, the, spread that charism to other people. The difference between a, usually between a movement and like a religious order like the Franciscans or Dominicans is, is the structure it takes. And, and often with the movements, it's 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 a lay reality in the sense that they're not like religious in it, but it's for married people, it's for single people, and then often too for for priests or for for religious as well. So it's the the, the church actually had to kind of like change canon law right. when the movements came about because there wasn't really we as something so new they had to say you know how do we sort of talk about this and and uh, now now they're much more common. Are they so some people? Um, with some, the 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 more traditional, if you will, religious orders like the Carmelites, you mentioned mm-hmm. Franciscan Dominicans. There are lay people who are involved, Benedictines, uh, mm-hmm. who are involved with those third order Car- or third order Dominican right. or um, um, an oblate, a Benedictine oblate. These those would be examples of lay people who are not formally part of those movements in the way a brother or a sister mm-hmm. or a priest is. Is is that analog like third order, if you will, like lay lay participants in a in a religious traditional religious order? Is that something like what a movement would be? Would you say, or is that different? You know, there'd be some similarities, certainly, in the sense that maybe a lay person feels attraction uh, feels an attraction to a charism of a religious order and wants to be able to live that in their life. Uh, it'd be it'd be similar in in the movements. W- one of the differences is oftentimes in the movements. You you can sort of have this like full commitment to it as a layperson, where maybe maybe you wouldn't be able to do so much in a third order. 
Gotcha. So you can be a, a full-fledged member, if you will, of a lay ecclesial movement in a way that you couldn't as a layperson with a religious order. Yeah, and that'd okay. probably be the big difference. Okay, all right. Um, so we should, you know, if, if we had sound effects on ignition, we have a drum roll, Father. <laughs> so, uh, drum roll. Which which is the movement that, that you encounter? Well, what's the movement that we're going to talk sure. about today? Sure, well, we're going to talk about the Focolari movement. Focolari. So... Um, the fuck of what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, exactly. What, what the heck does that word mean? Like, talk yeah. a little bit, just like that level, just introduce, if somebody has never yeah. heard anything, doesn't really know much about the movements. Yes. Um, what is focolare? And then yeah. and then a little bit about, as I teased it earlier, how you first, um, if you will, met the Absolutely, movement. Absolutely, yeah. So, so focolare, uh, it's, if you don't recognize the word, it's good, it's Italian. It means, it means hearth or fireplace. So focolare, focal fire, uh, it, it, it's its official name actually is is the work of Mary. Oh. Uh, that's kind of the official name that the church has given to this movement. But more popular and what most people call it is, is Focolare. Uh, so Focolare was founded in in, in Italy in in the 1940s. There is this woman, Chiara Lubick, her name was so Ch- Chiara. Chiara, yep. Okay. So Chiara is just Italian for Claire. So Chiara Lubick. She was a young school teacher in uh, in Trent, Italy, during the war, and World War II. During World War II, okay. yep, exactly. And something that they noticed so she she had some companions, some friends, and and they would try to meet once in a while. And so, for example, with Chiara, she was st- studying philosophy at the university, and the the road to get there was destroyed by a bomb, so she couldn't go to school anymore. One of her friends was engaged to be married, and her fiance was at war, and was killed in battle. Uh, I think another one she was she worked at the hospital, and the hospital was hit by a bomb and and was destroyed. So they they were surrounded by all this carnage and and by uh, bombs being dropped by both the Axis and the Allies on Trent. And they asked themselves this question: They said, "Is there an ideal that we can give our lives to?" that bombs can't destroy because everything around us is being destroyed. And what came to their hearts was God. God is the ideal that bombs cannot destroy. And kind of from that, they didn't, they didn't intend to start a movement. It wasn't their intention. They just said, let's just, they just sort of started spending time together. They would, they would meet in the bomb shelters during these air raids and they would bring the gospel with them. And they would, they they would read the scriptures by candlelight during the bombings and certain passages of scripture would come to life for them, and they started kind of living their life around uh, living scripture and living particular parts of scripture. Pretty soon, people got word, "Hey, there are these group of girls in Trent who are living this life," and people started being attracted to it, mm. and they started they want to know more about it, and. Kiara kind of noticed this that people were sort of becoming a part of this, and and that's when uh, it became more clear that God was doing something here and He was forming a movement. So they had this apartment in Trent, and they would meet there. And people, when they would go there, were were, were so struck by the warmth of it. They said this feels like a family. Uh, so this, so they gave the name to it Focolare. Hmm. This, this feels like you know like you're a family around the fireplace. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's how it got started mm-hmm. in the '40s with Kiara and these group of companions. Were they just? Did you say? Were they, was it just women at the beginning, or is it women and men as well? At the beginning, it was just women. Okay. And 
but it, it didn't take very long for for some men to kind of hear about it uh, and and to get involved as well. Yeah. Um. So so for my own my own story, you know, I went to well actually before oh, we go to yeah, your please. story. So uh, unless you, know, you can say I'm, I'll get to that, Chris. Just wait a minute. Sure. Uh, you can do that. Um. So what is the you mentioned the gift that it is yeah. the charism yeah, of a, of a yeah. movement. What is the charism of Focolare? Though? Sure. Sure. So, so like I mentioned, they were they were in the the bomb shelters and they were reading the gospels, and and certain passages were just coming alive to them. So, for example, one one that came alive for them was was Jesus's new commandment that this is the commandment I give you: love one another as I have loved you. And they and they they did that. They made this pact that let's be willing to die for each other, just like Jesus was willing to die for us. Uh, another one that kind of came alive for them. Was was Jesus's uh, prayer, his priestly prayer in John 17, where he prays, "Father, may they all be one, just as you and I are one. Father, may they be one." And they sort of had this intuition that Jesus prayed for unity, and it seems like the way for us to live unity among us and and unity with God is through love. That when we love one another, uh, we're united. And in fact, Jesus says this in another one of the passages that came alive for them is that where two or three are united in my name, I am there among them. Hmm. So they sort of, so the charism is is probably, to put it in one word, the charism would be unity, unity with God and unity with one another. But kind of how they live that out concretely is is through mutual love, by, 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 by loving one another. Uh, and and part of part of maybe the, the mission of Focolari and and the communities who who take part of it is is to keep the presence of Jesus in the midst, understanding that that Jesus is the one who who brings about unity. So, what are some concrete things like if, if somebody belongs to Focolare? Actually, no, I want to wait with that. Sure. All right, let's go back to you. Were, you're starting to tell your story. Before we get into that, I just should note that if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. My name is Dr. Chris Bergwald, and I'm visiting today with Father Tyler Matson, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we're talking about the lay ecclesial movement in the Catholic Church called Focolare. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian word, re- refers to fireplace, you told right, us, right? Right. So, um, you already found. Father explained a little bit about how Focolare got started, and then just there, what its its specific gift, its charism, the technical mm-hmm. word there, is for the church: unity, unity with God, unity with one another. Um, and you were just a moment ago about to get into the story of how you first met the movement Focolare. Right. So when, when I was in college, I had the blessing of studying abroad in in Italy. And, and, and one of the classes that we took was, was, was on the new movements. So you know, we just were talking about what the movements are and some of them, you know, I didn't know that there was such a thing called new movements. So as part of the class, we would go around and we would visit these different movements and, and learn about them. Well, one of the movements that we learned about was Focolare. Now, one of, part, of, part of Focolare is uh, they have these sort of little towns called uh, Mariopolis, so Mariopolis, City of Mary. And and one of them is in Italy called Lopiano. So it's this little town where basically it's an experiment. The, the towns are, let's see if we can have a community of people and businesses, and just like anything, everything a town would have, but where the main law is that law of love. Love one another as I have loved you. So mm-hmm. can can we have a civilization that's that's built on mutual love? So, so these these towns are sort of experiments in that, 
And so we visited this town, this Lopiano. And there's a university there. There's everything that you would expect in a, in, a, in a city. And what struck me when I was there, and I didn't know anything about Focolare, but what struck me when I was there was how the, the people who belonged to the movement were, were seeking to love us. So we were just a group of American college students. To be frank, we were kind of uh, on the, the defensive. You know, we didn't understand this Italian thing, and we were kind of like throwing out questions like, what's this all about? Right. And they were just so patient so loving, uh, so open to us, that that really left an impression on me. And I was like, I need to like learn more about this. So I found out who started the movement, like I mentioned earlier, Kiara Lubick. And I started reading uh, books that, that were about her or that, that she had written. And, and that was just sort of the, the, the start for me is as, as I was reading these books, something inside of me came alive. And I just, I just became clear to me that this charism that Focolari had that was communicated to Kiara Lubick was meant for me to. And uh, I've been trying to live it since. So I want to go back for a minute, Father. What was the name of the town? The, the, Lopiano. Lopiano. Okay, so <laughs> stupid question. Just bear sure. with my stupid question. So is literally like the law on the books for this town, like love one another? Or is that more <laughs> like, I mean, is that metaphor? Talk, I mean, it was the, was there a town there before that was taken over by Focolari? <laughs> yeah. Did they build every... What, what, do, you, what do you mean it's yeah, a Mariopolis? So it's kind of a, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of this... Here's here's the intuition that Kiari Lubick had, the founder. She was at this Benedictine monastery in in Switzerland, and she and she was just struck by how by the size of it, and how the the Benedictines, if if you know anything about their life, they had churches, but they had workshops. And she was like, "There's this whole city that's built around right. the gospel." And she was like, "You know, we could do that today." So to answer your question, no, it was just like a, a blank field that mm. nothing was there, and. Uh, through circumstances, they were able to acquire the land. And they said, let's just build a city from scratch huh. where, again, sort of the law is love. Not as, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is written in the books, I don't know, but, <laughs> but that's, the sort of, that's sort of what is, is motivating everything. So okay. you might, you know, if I heard that and didn't know anything about it, I'd be like, well, that sounds like a weird Catholic veil where people are just like in their own little Catholic bubble and that sounds kind of odd. But here's the thing. The, the, the charism is unity. And, and part of what they're, the experiment is, is in our pluralistic society right. where there's lots of different cultures, <clears throat> there's other religions, can we still try to live in this unity? So when you go to Lopiano, there are certainly mostly Catholics there, but then there are other Christians who aren't Catholic. And then there are uh, non-Christians, there are Muslims, there are Buddhists, there are atheists living in Lopiano and living, trying to live this new commandment of love. So that's sort of where it maybe would differ from like your imaginary like Catholic town, yeah. Where it it tries to get like a glimpse of the world, but 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 can they can they live in unity? So can literally so anybody can move to Lopiano if they want to, or yeah, is it by invite only? Or <laughs> have to apply to move to town? Or? Sure. Well, they they have like they have like programs for priests or for young people, and you can go there and you can kind of live. Uh, to go through, like, if you just want to live there for a time, like six months or a year. But they also have permanent residence, too. And there's not that's not the only one. They actually have, uh, I think, around 30 of these towns around the world, including wow. one in the United States. There is? Yeah, in, in, in New York State. So, okay, okay. So, that's, so that, that, that's been kind of like one expression of, of, okay. of Focolari and how they tried to live it out. 
So say more than um, about your own. So so you you met this movement Focolare mm-hmm. in Italy, um, and and you're really moved. You're intrigued. You're you're fascinated by it. So you start reading the writings of the founder Chiara Lubick. Um, mm-hmm. Then what? Then I, I go back to Minnesota and I find out there aren't very many people in Focolare <laughs> in the United States, and 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 this has been one of the challenges. But but thankfully, I I did discover that. Probably maybe in the Midwest, the biggest community of people involved in this movement is around Chicago. Okay. And if if Lopiano that we were talking about would be considered like a permanent Mariopolis, they also have what are called uh, summer Mariopolises or, or temporary. So basically they have like these uh, summer gatherings for a few days where people in the movement can get together, learn more about the spirituality of the movement, and then also... Again, try to live this new commandment of mutual love. So, so that's probably been the most concrete way that I've been able to get involved is this summer gathering of of people from the Midwest. We get together in Wisconsin at this resort and and learn more about the movement, uh, and then and then really just try to spend time together and and try to live love. Okay. So now you um, you come back to Minnesota. You. You finish seminary in St. Paul, you're ordained mm-hmm. and you're assigned to mm-hmm. your current assignment to Holy Spirit Parish in southeastern Sioux Falls. So what difference has Focolare made in your own priesthood about mm-hmm. a year and a half in? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is one of the things that I tell people when I try to explain my experience with Focolare is, is it kind of felt like before I met Focolare, I had all these desires about the spiritual life and all these desires of how I wanted to uh, grow closer to God. And and I didn't see how they fit together. And I was like, I want to, you know, so for example, it's like, I feel this great attraction to be like a contemplative, but I also feel this attraction to like be in the world. And I don't see how those things can really go together. Right. And uh, and it also kind of felt like I I was living living my spiritual life, but it always kind of felt like, I was sort of like taking these steps and sort of like molasses. It was kind of slow. And anyways, Focolare was kind of like a light that sort of started to shine in my in my heart. And then suddenly it felt like I was running. And because then suddenly I realized that these things that I had desired that seemed like contradictions could come together in one. So, for example, to be a contemplative, uh, the founder, Kari Lubick, talks about that. That's the great desire of modern times, the great attraction of modern times, is, is, to, is to be cont- contemplative while being immersed in the world. And, and, wh- and the way that they see that being lived out is concretely through, through love of neighbor and love of God. That actually by loving my neighbor, it's a way of loving God, mm. and that's actually a path to contemplation is by mm. loving my neighbor. So, so, so my neighbor isn't an obstacle to love of God, but is actually the very pathway in which I can love God. Uh, another way that it's lived out, and this would take a whole another ignition episode to explain, but 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 one of the ways that they see as like like who who is the primary instrument of unity? Focolari talks about Jesus forsaken. So Jesus, who's on the cross, who in this moment of desolation cries out, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" They see that as Jesus takes on every sin, every disunity imaginable. And, and then in the next breath says, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Mm. So reestablishes unity with the Father. 
and, and, and my priesthood, I've been able to see in the many sufferings I've encountered, both in my own life, but also in the lives of the people, because there's so much suffering out there, that and, and every suffering that I encounter is the face of Jesus forsaken, who cries mm-hmm. out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who, who can be loved and embraced, and then through love of Jesus forsaken or Jesus crucified, uh, to see that as a path to unity. So honestly, I mean, every priest probably has their own way of kind of processing this, that without focolare, uh, I would have a much more difficult time uh, coming to grips with the suffering that I encounter on a daily basis gotcha. as a priest. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, that's that's beautiful. So are so are you are you a member? Do you pay dues? Yeah, that's, that? that's a great question too. You know, and that's and that's sort of what can frustrate people about the new movements because they're so uh, they're just very Italian and they're very some of them are very Italian and and like part of it is like how do I become a member of Focolari? And they're just kind of like just live it, just be Focolari and you'll be part of Focolari. And you know, and then you're like, well, no, but where do I sign up? Yeah, like, oh, you don't sign up, you just do it. You know, uh, that was great. By the way, I get it. So it's, it, this is where we need uh, this to be a video too, because Father's gesturing in a very Italian way. <laughs> just, Hands are up. Just do it. Just do it. You just live it. You just live it. Yeah. So. Um, so no, I'm not like an affiliate. I haven't like made any kind of formal commitments. Although those are there's options within Focolari. There's lots of different commitments you can make. I would consider myself what they would probably call an adherent, an adherent in Focolari. Ad, tr- is it adherent? So, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, adherent. Yep. Yep. Just tries to uh, live the the charism and live the spirituality in their life. Okay, okay. So. Are you the only Focolari adherent in our diocese, as far as you know? As far as I know, but if you're listening to this and you are, (laughs) please email me. But as far as I know, I'm the only one, yeah. Or if you're interested interested, in Focolari, contact you. Right, because there's so much I didn't have time to say, and and there's some really practical ways of just living the charism day to day. I think it's, we should have said this at the outset when talking about the movements, Father. The movements, because they're charism, there's something that you're called to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you, you may not be called to any focolari or any other, right. you don't have to belong to a movement. Right? right. Oh yeah, totally. So, so don't feel like as we're, we've been talking about movements in general, but focolari in particular, they don't feel like, oh, in order to be a, a really, a really serious Catholic, do I have to join one of these? No, no. Mm-hmm. These are um, different ways of living out our common Catholic faith that have been given to us by the Spirit through the various founders, in this case, Kiara Lubick. And if you're drawn to it, as by all means, get a hold of Father and 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 find out more about it, right? Right. Okay. Uh, Father, we got about one minute left. Anything you want to share just by way of closing? Sure. You know, I would I would just say this, that with, with any of the movements, but particular with, with Focolari for me, I think it's just so powerful when Christians are able to live Christianity in a way that is authentic, in a way that communicates to people who maybe are not part of Christianity that what's happening here is real. And that's what happened to the founders of the religious orders, and that's what happens in the movements. And that's why I'm so excited about the movements in general, not just about folklore, but in general, is that it, I think it's a way for people to grow in holiness, but also to be an effective form to evangelize the culture. Great. Father, what's, do you mind sharing your email address if people are curious about Focolari? Sure, yeah. So you, you can just email me. It'd be fr, like father, but fr, Tyler Matson, all one word, fr, T-Y-L-E-R, M-A-T-T-S-O-N, 
at uh, sfcatholic.org. Great. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.